I'll just uh, open this up in prayer here before we start. Uh, Lord, just so grateful for your word and um, the truths that we can grasp hold of and um, help us navigate this world. And I just pray today that you can soften our hearts with your spirit and um, show us in ways that uh, um, we can love you deeper. We can submit more areas of our, our lives to you and uh, allow us ultimately to be different and, uh, and show people what it's like to be connected to you. So just pray you can take my fleshly weaknesses and set them aside and um, just let your truth prevail uh, in your holy name. Amen. <clears throat> All right, so as you can see, we don't have a uh, specific passage per se to read. So um, we're going to just dive into this topic of biblical submission. I want to give credit uh, to where credit's due. Um, Laura and I had a good conversation, um, I think around Tuesday. I was kind of struggling to find a passage for this week, and um, she, she brought up some really good questions about being submissive in the Bible. And I thought, you know, it, it is a commandment for us to do this in our Christian walk in a lot of areas. So I thought it would make sense for us to dig deeper and uh, get some clarity on what the Bible actually says about submission. So I came up with three questions today that will guide us through. First question is, what is biblical submission? The second question, what characteristics do we need to possess to live a submissive life to Christ? And the third question, why would we submit? That's the way the Bible tells us. So to answer the first question, I'm just going to come right out and say it, and I'll tell you how I came up with this definition. The definition of biblical submission is when one willingly obeys God and the individual or institution that God has put into authority. <coughs> I have a few examples here that we, we can go through of Jesus, who's a great model for this kind of submission. First one comes from John 5, 19, 20. Jesus therefore answered and was saying to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself unless it is, unless it is something he sees the father doing for whatever the father does. These things the son does in like manner. Next. John 5.30, I can do nothing on my own initiative, as I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I do not seek my own will, but the will of him who sent me. John 8.28, Jesus therefore said, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and I do nothing of my own initiative, but I speak these things as the Father taught me. And last one, he went a little beyond them and fell flat on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. So we can see the willing obedience that Jesus expressed, not from himself, 
but everything he does is fully submitted to the Father and comes from the Father. So if this is the case, then what are some areas in our life that we're actually asked to submit from in the Bible? <coughs> I realize this list is not fully complete, but I want to give you a few areas in which the Bible does speak about. Obviously, the number one area we are to submit to is God. We are to submit to the government and governing authorities. As employees, we are to submit to employers. We're also uh, to submit to the church leadership. We're also to submit to brothers and sisters in Christ. Wives are to submit to their husbands. And children are to submit to their parents. So if God asks us to willingly obey to these authorities in our lives, then how is that supposed to look? And that leads us into our second question. What characteristics do we need to possess to live a submissive life to Christ? There's four characteristics that we're gonna go through today. The first one is humbleness. Humbleness comes we see here in 1 Peter 5.5, 5, You younger men likewise be subject to your elders and all of you. Clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, for God is opposed to the proud but gives grace to the humble. Another way to say humility is also saying that when you're humble, you are also saying that my way isn't always right. So being, pro being proud is saying my way is right and yours is wrong. So being humble is saying, I might not always have the right way. The second characteristic when we are, that we want to possess when we submit is not argumentative or contentious. We see this in Titus 2.9. Urge bond slaves to be subject to their own masters in everything, to be well-pleasing and not argumentative. We also see that in Titus 3, 1 and 2. Remind them to be subject to rulers, to authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good deed, to malign no one, to be uncontentious and gentle, showing every consideration for all men. The third characteristic is respectful. <clears throat> Respectful, 1 Peter 2.18. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all respect, and not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are unreasonable. And we also see this in 1 Peter 3.1-2. In the same way, you wives, be submissive to your own husbands, so that even any of them are disobedient to the word, that they may be one without a word by the behaviors of their wives as they observe your chaste and respectful behavior. The last characteristic I have is willful obedience. And we see this in Ephesians 5.22. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I didn't make that slide. I'll read it to you. John 10.18. I'll read that to you. 
willful obedience. It says there, Jesus says this about his life. He says, no one has taken it away from me, but I laid down on my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up. This commandment I received from my father. So just to go back again, we have humbleness, not argumentative or contentious, respectful and willful obedience. We see a pretty cool description of Jesus in Philippians chapter 2. If anybody's with their Bibles and would like to turn there with me, we can read through that. So Philippians chapter 2, and we'll start in verse 5. <clears throat> Jesus is a great example of this submission, and it's describing his character here. Starting in verse 5, we'll read to verse 8. It says, Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of man. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. <clears throat> There's a few points I don't want you to miss here. Verse 7, it says there, he emptied himself. Another translation uses, it laid aside his privilege, which I thought was very interesting. He took the form of a bondservant and made his likeness of man. Jesus didn't have to do that. Jesus put aside all his godly privilege he took on the likeness of man, which means he also took on the weaknesses of man. Our body's weaknesses, the flesh, the hunger, the restrictions we have to the law of physics. All things that Jesus would never have had to do. He laid that aside. In verse 8 there, he says, he humbled himself. Which means he removed any pride that he had coming here. Verse 8 there, it says he was obedient. Obedient on his own will, giving up his own life, like he said in John 10, 18, all the way to the point of death on the cross. And just to show you, I'll show you two more, or I'll read them to you, in ways that not only now was he humble, Obedient. I'll show you also in areas where he's respectful and also not argumentative. Mark twelve seventeen. So Jesus is respectful to the government when they ask. Um, in John twelve sixteen, they they bring a they brought a what is it? Uh, they 
a denarii to look at. And he says, who, who does this belong to? Who's the likeness in this description is this? And they said to him in 17, Jesus said, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God. Jesus dealt with the government in respect with other people. He didn't begin an argument on what was right, what was wrong. He showed uh, respect towards the governing authority when it came to paying his taxes. We also see Jesus' respectful behavior when it comes to submitting in 1 Peter chapter 2. First Peter 2.23. This is Jesus on the cross. It says that while he was being reviled, he did not revile in return. And while suffering, he uttered no threats. But he kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. So again, while he is willing, willfully submitting, he's also respectful with his speech. So the characteristics we need to hold are humbleness, not argumentative or contentious, respectful and willful, willful obedience. These are the things that are required for us to live out biblical submission in the world that we live in today. So now that we know the characteristics that are required from us, that leads us into our third question. Why would we submit like this? Why would we submit the way the Bible tells us? I actually have two reasons for this. I'm going to read you four passages first. Ephesians 5.22 says, Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. Ephesians 6.1 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Ephesians 6.5, Slaves, be obedient to your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling in the sincerity of your heart, as to Christ. These are some examples. Almost every time that Christ asks us to submit in the passage, it's always as to the Lord. So as Christians, the reason we submit this way is out of our love for God. It's for Him. We submit as to the Lord for Jesus. The love and gratitude we have for what we've done, in what he has done in our lives on and through the cross. That's why we submit. And the power that comes from this love and gratitude allows us to submit in ways that we never would normally submit. Or the world would never submit. And I'll give you an example when it comes to the workplace. If you were, a, let's say, a cashier at Walmart, that was your job, and your store manager came up to you, and uh, there happened to be a, you know, big mess in the bathroom, pretty nasty, and they say, well, I'd like you to clean that up. Now, you're, I don't know about you, but my first instinct that comes to my mind is saying, well, 
It's not my job. It's not my job to do that. It's not in my job description. I'm the cashier. I'm not the janitor. I didn't make that mess. That's not mine. That doesn't seem fair. But again, because we're believers and we are asked to submit to our authorities as to the Lord, you would do this. You would willfully obey your master with no complaining. And that would separate yourself from the other workers because that's exactly how they would act. They would say, no, that's not my job. I'm not doing that. I didn't get paid extra money to do that. And that's an example of, of where you would take God's cue in that area in the workplace. So aside from sinful commands that your authority asks you, there are no conditions, conditions in where we are to not submit. So this means, essentially, if, if the command will make you sin, then you don't do it. But this also means your obedience is not conditional to whether or not you actually like the person or the institution. Even if they're mean to you. Jesus himself showed her on the cross that he did not revile back. He did not utter threats that were mean to him under his submission. Or even again, 1 Peter 2.18. He says there to servants, be submissive to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are unreasonable. So our submission is not conditional to, how, to whether we like it or not. The question is if they're asking us to sin, then we don't. Other than that, we submit willingly, but for the Lord, because we love Jesus. And at the end of the day, if you still think, this doesn't seem fair, I challenge you to say, <clears throat> with this, I say, nobody on earth was treated more unjustly than Jesus, and yet he still submitted to the Father. So whatever you feel like you're being treated unjustly, just know that Jesus was also treated this way. The second reason and why I think we should, should submit this way, the Bible tells us, is actually evangelism. I believe if we live a life of loving submission to Christ and all that he's asked us, we'll actually separate ourselves from the world that we live in. Just take a few of those examples of areas that we are said to, to submit and use the mind of a secular person. What do they think about submitting to God? There's no way that God is, has, has my interest in mind. My ways are way better than God's. God just restricts me. How about the government? Generally speaking, people in this world think the government is corrupt and has no place in their life. Don't touch my money, get out of my life. 
Any way that they can cheat the government, they do. How about the marriage? What are secular people thinking about wives submitting to their husbands? That makes women seem weak and dominant men. How about the area of parenting and children submitting to their parents? There's a big thing right now where parents are, it's all about giving them what they, what the parents, what the kids want and making life easy for them. These are just some examples of how if we were to take God's cues and submit ourselves in these ways, we would look drastically different in all these categories and more. Submission in the world is actually considered a bad thing. And funny enough that when I was thinking about this, it actually kind of reminds me a picture of when I think of the world's definition of, of submission, I actually think of the UFC. And I don't know if many people are familiar with that, with, the, with cage fighting. But one way you can win in the cage is by submitting your opponent. Okay? But the difference in there is you have to physically harm someone to the point where they can no longer handle the pain and they submit themselves to you. They tap out. This is the kind of submission that the world views and understands of what submission is. We see that in different forms of government across the world where they drive fear into their people just to get them to submit under them. The world ultimately sees submission in a subjective way where submission only matters to them when they can benefit from the outcome. We see a really great picture of this in Isaiah 14. And if you'd like to turn there with me, you can, and I'll read it. Isaiah 14, uh, I'll start in verse 12. Actually, I'll back up a little bit. <clears throat> verse 3, he says, there, And it will be in the day when the Lord gives you rest from your pain and turmoil and harsh service in which you have been enslaved, that you will take up this taunt against the king of Babylon. So we have two options here, just, just in case you're wondering. This message is either spoken as the king of Babylon saying this, or as we get in verse 12 here, some people think it could be Satan that's also saying this. But either way, I'm not here to, to argue over which one it is. But uh, the principle still lies the same in verse 12. Have you fallen from heaven, O star of morning, son of the dawn? You've been cut down on the earth. You have been weakened in the, the nations. You have weakened the nations. But you said in your heart, here's the ways in which the world are are now selfish and prideful. I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of assembly in the recess of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds and I will make myself like the most high. These are what I would call the five I will statements. There is no submitting to anybody but themselves in, in this. 
Those outside of Christ will only submit to an authority that will grow their own kingdom and is purely selfishly driven. This is why I think it is so important that, that we fall under Christ's authority and submit in all areas that we can in our lives in loving submission. So before I get into lessons, we'll have, I just want you guys to think about a few things. Going back to our characteristics. When it comes to the area of government, when we are, are we willfully obeying them? Do we do what the government asks with no complaining, no grumbling? Are we humble when we approach the government? Our ways aren't always right. Are we making sure we're not argumentative when it comes to the government? How about respectful? When we talk to people about our government leaders, are we respectful? Do we undercut them? Do we make them seem silly and dumb? How about our family? Are we humble in our family? Do we think about how their ways might be right too and not always ours? How about not argumentative? Can you have a difficult conversation without it getting argumentative and heated? How about respectful? How do you talk about your family with other people behind their backs? How about when your family's in need? Are you willfully obedient to them? No complaining? Or when they're treating you maybe not so nicely, are you still obedient to them? You still submit to them? Or any of us in here that are an employee? How do you talk about your boss with the other employees? Are you respectful? When your boss asks you to do things, do you willfully obey them? Or do you grumble and complain about it? you start arguments with your boss when he asks you to do things you might not agree with? These are just some areas in our lives, and I'm sure you guys have think, thought of many more that pertain to you. But using these characteristics, it's a good way to evaluate how things are going. So I have three lessons for today. Lesson one, biblical submission is when one willingly obeys God and the individual or institution that God has put in authority. Lesson two, characteristics of biblical submission look like humbleness, not argumentative or contentious, respectful, and willful obedience. And the third one, as believers, we submit ourselves to God and all of his authorities because of the love we have for him. That's why we do it. Because if it was about how much we loved the authority, we would never do it. 
Now, I know it's a big topic and there's lots of different questions about application and different things. I definitely don't claim to be an expert, but I'd love to hear them and talk about them, flesh it out. Um, I know I didn't dig into each particular category. I thought about doing that, but then I thought this would, this would be quite long because there's lots to say about lots of different areas. So um, I wanted to give you guys something to, to grab a hold of, and then now you can insert it into each category in which seems fitting in your lives. So yeah, I'd love to hear what you guys say.